some other things as well, okay? Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 19. You don't have to stand tonight. I'm going to read several verses. Uh, in fact, I'll read through the remaining of the chapter. The Bible said, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled blood, the tabernacle, and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without shedding of blood is no remission. Verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Watch verse 24. For Christ is not entered in the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but in the heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered in the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As is pointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you. Lord, I pray you help us tonight as we study your word together. Lord, I pray you meet every need represent here this evening. Lord, be with each one that's made their way out. Lord, we pray for those tonight unable to be here, whatever the circumstance may be. Lord, I pray you touch there. Lord, I pray tonight if there be one in the midst discouraged, to encourage your heart with the walk before this is the way we draw more close to you once again. Most of all, I pray if there be one in the midst tonight, lost and done without you. Lord, I pray you'd save them so the last and too late. Help us now once again as we study your word together. Lord, I pray to illuminate our hearts to the truth of your word. Lord, I pray you give us clarity, give us wisdom to understand and know more about you tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. All right. Now, uh, let me say a few things quickly. Um, notice from me, verse 24, if you will. Uh, the Bible said, For Christ is not entered in the holy places. Make with this next phrase, now to appear. What about that? Uh, look with me, if you would, in verse number 26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now more appear. Then, verse 28, the Bible said, uh, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall, uh, three different times in those few verses, that uh, the Holy Ghost instructs, I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but uh, the writer here the, of Christ. Now, um, this will go along with the Mount Peaks of Prophecy in some ways, but uh, we know when we study prophecy, uh, you may hear it said this way too, Advents, and it's the first coming of Christ when he came and dwelt among the earth, then his second coming. That's the two events. But here in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, we find three appearings of three offices. We've talked about this before. I've dealt with it. Brother Kenny's dealt with it in Sunday school. Uh, but let me just refresh you quickly. Three offices that it was required. Said, uh, the Bible said uh, in Isaiah 61, uh, the Spirit, talking about the Lord of prophecy, concerning the Lord, said the Spirit of the Lord. Three, three offices that require the anointing of all. We know, we know that. It's priest, 
had to be anointed with oil. Prophet had to be anointed with oil. And a king had to be anointed with all three of those offices except for the Lord. Now with that in mind, let's look at these three appearings of Christ and look at it a little bit prophetically. He is our all in all. We know that tonight. Uh, and he not only is he all three, but he always has been all three. And John, that he specifically manifests himself as one of the three at different times. Let's look at, let's look at it, if you would, verse 25. The Bible said, nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest in the holy place every year with blood of the world. But now, verse 26, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared. That's talking about Calvary, right? Yeah. Talking about the first advent, the first coming of the Lord. He came, the Bible said, he came to seek and save. Advent, the first coming, the virgin birth, absolutely. The sinless, vicarious life, absolutely. Uh, uh, death, birth, resurrection, for sins. Uh, to purge our sin was the pinnacle of his first coming. So I want you to know something. That's in the past. Even at the time of the... He said he has done that in the past. Now you say, preacher, what's so good about that? Well, uh, the Bible, if you look at the context of the verse, in verse 27, often as a high priest enters into the holy place every year uh, with the blood of others. Now, uh, for them must suffer since the sacrifice of himself. Now, you say, preacher, what was he in the past? What did he appear as uh, uh, at his first coming? Well, I want to say this. He himself for half the others. I understand that. Uh, but I want to say tonight that at his first coming, uh, uh, he exhibited or he uh, manifested himself. John, is it in John? I believe it is. Uh, when Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And uh, if you look at that, they said, uh, some say Elijah. talking about Elijah. Some say that in a way that a prophet would. Now, we know there's a couple things about prophets that are important. Told you a minute ago they have to be anointed. Uh, we talk a lot about prophecy and prophets and talk about a fourth. He, he himself prophesied of his death. He himself prophesied of many things. He, uh, but a prophet not only was a foreteller, but he was a... Jesus did that when he came to Calvary. He was a manifest himself on the earth uh, as a prophet. There's been much discussion. I, I think, John, they thought I was trying to be a smart aleck, and I really wasn't, but they was trying to, uh, just talking amongst themselves, they was talking about who the greatest preacher that ever lived. He'd be this Sunday. One said, oh, it had to be this one. And, uh, one preacher, he thought he was going to be real smart, and he said, uh, it had to be my pastor. I think ever said, well, it had to be the Apostle Paul. And, and they looked at me and said, who do you think the greatest preacher that ever lived was? I said, it had to be the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I wasn't even the Word of God. Uh, that, that's amazing to me. Uh, I mean, never got it wrong, never misinterpreted, never uh, misspoke. Was a prophet in the past. Now, is he still there? Absolutely. Does he still uh, exhibit and, and maintain those characteristics? Absolutely does. But at Calvary, right? Now, watch what your Bible said. That's in the past. Now, let me say this. I don't think I made mention of it. Uh, we're looking at this according to the prophetic time that uh, while one person may be a picture of this at this time, later it might be a picture of this. And it, it's a little fluid. Remember, prophets on both for foretelling as well as foretelling. Look with me if you would, verse 24. Bible said, for Christ is not entered into the but into heaven itself. Let me say a little bit about that. Remember, we looked. Uh, however long ago it's been at the tabernacle. Spent several weeks in the tabernacle. 
what Paul or the writers, that's just a figure of the truth. But he's saying that he's in the holy place itself. He's entered in to the vow to appear, watch this, in the presence of God for us. Now, if verse 25 and verse 26 was the past, the first coming, it deals with right now. Isn't that right? Watch what he said. Uh, heaven itself now to appear is for us. Now, when he came to earth, he exhibited mainly the, uh, the, the, the characteristics, the duty of the prophet. He was a foreteller. He was a foreteller of the things to come. But now, you say, preacher, what's he doing right now? Uh, the Bible said that now to appear in the presence of God for us. In one place, the right is now. You say, preacher, what is he exhibiting himself as now? In the present tense, it's not necessarily the prophet, but it is the priest. Isn't that right? The grace of God for us, verse 25, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered in the holy place every year with blood of others. For them must he have suffered since the foundation of the world. He's far better than that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. Time and time again, Paul gives an illustration to the Hebrews, to the Jew, and talks about the tabernacle. Then he says, Christ says, Christ is far better. He talks about Moses and says, Christ is far better. He talks about the temple and says, but Christ is far better. Everything is just over and over again. High priest, the high priest had to go in often. Every year, the high priest had to make sacrifice for himself every year. But not Christ. He didn't, he put away sin once. You and I, right now, he is our priest. Getting there, right? Those that are born again, ever living to make intercession for you and I. You say, preacher, how is it uh, that you believe you can't? What's on my mind is this: I can't lose it uh, uh, because Christ Himself is sitting on the on the right hand, has side of God interceding on my behalf. Uh, for the people, but Christ doesn't go every year. He offered his blood once and it was sufficient. Had he ever lived sitting beside the Father to make an intercession for you now? I tell you something about that word. I'll be present tense the next day. Y'all want to get that? It's always, you know what that tells me? He's always there. Yeah, right? Never a time it is not. He's all now. 24 realize that he now appears in the presence of God for us. What about that? Uh, so we see in the past, he priest. But what about prophetically? What about where you and I are, I are right now? And don't lose because all this ties into the mountain picks prophet himself as a prophet. Right now, we can say him as a priest. But how is it he's going to show himself in the future? I told you three different places. You had to be once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto him, unto them that look for him, Shall he, watch this, shall he appear as future tense, right? That's not you hang on unto salvation. Well, that's enough to make a, that's enough to make a Methodist shout. I tell you what, you say, preacher, hey, what do you mean? How do you know what Paul tells us? Uh, he tells when he came the first time, he, he was a spotless lamb at the first coming. Uh, he was without sin. Earl, right now, he sits the right hand of the Father in the holy place. Uh, the only way he could be there, uh, his Paul said, guess what? Uh, when he comes back, he'll still be without sin. Uh, uh oh, my, that might make a shout on it. Uh, I mean, died for the sins of many of the Bible. Said here, isn't that right? Oh my, watch what it said. Uh, he shall appear. Verse 28. Or, man, I got to be from a verse. Uh, so Christ was offered verse his many had, and unto them and looked the preacher. What's so good about that? Uh, at his second coming, when he shall stand upon the earth again, uh, uh, he'll rule and reign as king of kings. Uh, and uh, had set up his earthly kingdom. Uh, he did show himself as prophet without sin. Uh, he shows himself as priest without sin. Uh, and thank God that uh, he's not come as a prophet.
become as a priest. Uh, but he's coming back on his head. The Bible said where many crowns uh, had rattled a white stain coming back. And the Lord of Lords, and thank God when he comes back, uh, he'll still be without sin. Isn't that right? So we see the offices of Christ. You say, preacher, what about before the first coming? Uh, well, what do you do then? I mean, Nancy, I believe it was talking about this other night. Uh, all through your Bible, all through the Old Testament, you have them. But uh, every time you see the uh, the angel of the Lord, every time you see the captain of the uh, of the Lord's host, uh, the captain of the the host, a Christophany. It's a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Christ. Uh, Oh, my member in, uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, when the three Hebrew children, I uh, remember when the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham there under the oak tree. Uh, Christ off me, the Lord, himself, Jesus himself appeared there. When the uh, men of Israel come up to Jericho, the Bible said that uh, Joshua saw a man with a sword in his hand, the cat, uh, and Joshua said, uh, uh, basically said, Are you fine? Uh, I've come to take over. I'm the captain. Of the Lord's host. You know who that was? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my, after the pull right there, let me say this. Especially about that. I've heard men preach that just can say that it's like Moses at the burning bush. Uh, that he was on holy ground, but he didn't say he took off his shoes. Uh, that's not. Uh, but to find the answer, Kirk, you have to go to Ruth chapter 4. Uh, oh my, when Boaz goes to purchase Ruth, uh, and he brings that near kinsman there, the elder that I am, redeemer, if you will. Had the near kinsman said, I cannot redeem yeah. her, uh, uh, lest I mark mine inheritance. Isn't that right? Uh, right. Had Boaz said he would redeem her. And, uh, and the Bible said that near kinsman took off his shoe uh, uh, and gave it to Boaz. You say, preacher, what was he saying? He was what Joshua said there in Joshua chapter 5. Uh, when he ran in the Lord, here is Jericho, this great city, uh, this great wall around this unpenetrable force. Uh, and I believe you can. Uh, Oh, my, I feel the pull right there. I, I, you know what? Somebody ought to do tonight. I, I didn't get back in my message, but I see the outside. I won't. I, I feel like I'm facing a battle I can't win. I, I'm glad I know a man that can, aren't you? I, it'd be a good thing not just take your shoe off. I, I'd take it off. We know the story for six days. They marched one time around Jericho. I, and the seventh day they walked around seven times. On the seventh time they cried out and shouted, blew the trumpets. I, I never did take a battering ram trying to knock down the gate. Uh, the Lord broke down the wall. Boy, I'm letting him do what we can, aren't you? Uh, oh, my, i got to hurry. I can't get off into all that. i got to quickly. Uh, uh, now, uh, let, me, let me calm down a minute and get where I talk. Uh, uh, now, I, 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 I'd like to illustrate this. There's a couple ways I can. If you'll understand this, it'll help you when it comes to prophecy. Now, uh, if you'll if you borrow your imagination a little bit, we'll just use this picture, okay? Uh, but if you look at me like, okay, uh, but I want you to imagine if you will. Uh, here's one mountain, okay? Now, I know that's Calvary, but uh, we want to try to look at, well, we look at that as Calvary if you want to. That'd be okay. We're going to look at this right here as his second coming. That's when he comes and uh, establishes his millennial reign, okay? That's when he comes back and his feet, I see, uh, imply. Different people, well, different dispensations, really. Uh, I would pick Hayden used to know, do you know now, Hayden? You don't know, don't forget. Dispensation is a is a period of time in which God deals. You're gonna to have to look at it dispensationally. All right. Realize, Kirk, at different times, God dealt with man in different ways. In the Old Testament, from the law of God, 
man could not eat pork. Is that right? Or did in Acts 10 and Acts 11 and for all seasons of Israel, the sheep came down from heaven and the Lord speaks them to the rise, kill and eat. And Paul says, I can't eat this, it's not clean. And God said, what? God, the dispensations have changed. Isn't that right? Some are excited about that. If you go eat bacon tomorrow morning, you are big excited about that. Isn't that right? Bless God. Dispensations change. Um, let me say this. Uh, in every dispensation, God gives us a dispensation of innocence. Right? Man neither knew neither good nor evil. Right? The only responsibility man had was to not guess what they failed. Right? Every dispensation, God without failing, every dispensation, man fails. Each dispensation, God deals with man in a different way. So, in these two mountain peaks, and there's far more than just these two, because you've got to understand, you and I know tonight, or I get all this, but you and I know from this dispensation, all right? Part of In fact, and don't follow that with me. This dispensation, there. Right? Now I know, I know Calvary is in the New Testament, but it's still in the dispensation of the law. I argue about when the dispensation of grace started. Some say it started at Calvary when He paid the price to redeem His bride. Some say it did not start till more high. Now I don't have time to get all that, but before Calvary, let's say especially before Calvary, even in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Earl, they're still under the dispensation of the law. When you study your Bible, you get to the book of Acts, you've got to understand that's the transition period. Is that right? What dispensation of grace. Yeah. All right? Now, don't follow what I'm about to say. But God did things, surely, in the book of Acts, he never had done, yeah. and he never will do again. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Now, let me give you say, preacher, what do you mean? I'll give you an example. The, earth, the very infant early church made up entirely of Jewish men. Yeah. They're right. But he came to his own, his own received his own. He turned to the Gentiles to go allow them to be grafted in. They're right. Now, watch this. How could that have been done? Bible said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, the problem was that Gentiles didn't have faith. Is that right? Oh my, I'm about to get in a heap of trouble. Maybe not from y'all, but I'll get some phone calls over this this weekend. Uh, them, them Gentiles didn't have a Bible. that right? Had nobody drawn to come tell them the Lord loved them because they didn't know it. That's why in the book of Acts, the Bible said they spake in tongues. Now that doesn't mean they got up and said, oh, I'm not going to try to do it. I'm not going to try to do it. But it doesn't mean they spoke in, and that's why they spoke in unknown tongues. They spoke in cloven tongues. Right? The word cloven means split. Here, if you say it out wrong, here's what it means. When Peter got up at Pentecost, preached the 3,000 soul cup sayings, Peter preached just like he preached to Jesus. But the Bible said that every man heard it in his own language. Split. Got a cloven, split. Uh, 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 you say the Old Testament talks about cloven hoof animals. It means they're split. Their hoofs not together. It's split. It's cloven. Now you say, preacher, what are you saying? 
Now, don't follow that. Y'all get nervous. And I know it's a controversial topic, but it, it's all right to know what the Bible's talking about. Right, right. Here's what happened. Peter got up and preached, and Kirk, if you spoke, I know this probably wasn't the language, but we're just going to talk about regular everyday things. If you spoke Ronald French, and Kirk spoke Spanish, and John spoke uh, I don't know what it, I don't know. I don't know enough languages to make it up. But uh, it, whatever language you spoke, you'd have heard it in that language. Yeah. But Peter wouldn't have been saying in that language. Because right. right. he didn't know it either. Yeah. So, preacher, why did he do that? Grace. They're right. Letting the early church begin to grow and blossom and letting them hear the gospel. Ain't that amazing? Now, let me say this. He doesn't do that today. I'm not saying he couldn't do that. Absolutely could, but he doesn't do that. Yeah, right? Because now he's got, oh my, this will bless your heart, that because he allowed persecution to come to the church, that drove the church in the hand, drove them, separated them, that spread the gospel even more. Uh, you study Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's amazing to me. They talk about how that the, those persecuting the early church would get so frustrated because John had seen the more they persecuted them, the more it grew. That's what they was doing. They were scattering them. And everywhere they went, they'd tell them about the Lord, tell them about the gospel. There'd be more people getting saved, and more people getting saved, and more people getting saved. Well, he didn't need cloven tongues then, because now, John, there was somebody who spoke Spanish who could come to you. Now, John, there was somebody who spoke French who could come to you. Now, if you spoke Aramaic, there was somebody who come to you. If you spoke whatever the case may be, they could come to you. And he was saving them, and the church was growing. Now, and he did things in the book of Acts, he'll never do it again. Yeah. All right. Gave the apostles abilities to do things that he'll never do again. Gave them signs to the Gentiles so that they would understand that it was more than just what, more than what they knew. It was more than that. Gave them power and authority. I don't have we got there. I got to get in the mind of the process. But, uh, so it's a transition. Dispensations are different. All right. So in, in this mind of the prophecy, first coming, second coming, different dispensations saw different things. Different people saw different things. So let's talk first of all about what God says. Now we're going to look at that. I said a lot over the last couple of weeks about this prophetic timeline. This mountain peak prophecy. We're going to look at that as this timeline. Okay? So what does God say? Now, listen to this. this is, I want you to get this like I said. One writer said this. God sees all time at all times. Because God sees all time at all times. Never was a time he didn't see cattle. Never was a time he didn't see the day. Never was a time he didn't see the second coming. Never was a time he didn't see the eternal state. Never was a time on this timeline God did not see. So God sees it all. But then the question becomes, what did, uh, let me see how I get my notes. What did the prophets see? Now, the prophets clearly Saw the mountaintops. Okay? Be no, imagine Imagine when we just met, okay? These two mountaintops. Now, you and I realize that if, that if Calvary's the first coming, that other mountain's the second coming, the prophets would have been located, now, for imagination, they'd have been located here. Right? Not over here. But in this timeline, been here. So you imagine with me, if you would, two mountaintops. And you're back here, and you're looking up, looking forward at these two mountains. What you would see is a mountaintop and a mountaintop. 
that right? Okay. Uh, John, come here. Noah, come here. And uh, Andy, you come here this minute. John, you stand right here. Stand right here. Look at me. All right, Noah, you come here. You stand right behind John. Best can right behind him. Put a little gap for you. Right there. Look at me. All right, now, Andy, you come right here. Uh, now, where you're standing, can you see Noah's head? Yes. Can you see John's head? Yeah. Move your head a little bit, John. Can you see John's head? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what the prophets could see. They saw a mountaintop. They saw a mountaintop. You study the prophets. They saw the virgin birth. There's no doubt about it. They're right. They saw. They Isaiah saw said, "Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear." Isn't that right? They saw the virgin birth. They saw the sinless life. Do you realize this to me? Do you realize that they even saw the death? Isaiah fifty three is one of the most graphic uh, details concerning Calvary there is. It's more detailed and graphic than the Gospels are concerning Calvary. All right. So they saw the first coming. And then they also saw the second coming. They're right? Yeah. They saw him setting up his kingdom. They saw him as the Messiah. They saw him treading out the line press in his wrath. That's what about the second coming. They saw all those things. The Old Testament prophets saw the first coming and the second coming. But that's all they saw. You with me? There's a gap, there's a violin. In point. That's why Earl, when he came, you study the Gospels, they're constantly saying, Are you setting up your kingdom now? Are you setting up your kingdom now? Is it time to set up your kingdom now? Is it time to set up your kingdom now? Surely you're setting up your kingdom now. Because, of course, all the prophets saw, they saw first coming, second coming. And they thought it'd be bang, bang. All right? He'd be born a virgin. They believed that. They're right. But they thought he'd be born a virgin, live a sinless life, set up his kingdom, deliver Israel, uh, everything that's going to happen. Thought it'd be, 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 That's right. That's why when he came to his own home, they not. They looking for a king. They didn't, oh my, they didn't realize there'd be a valley in between. They're right. You know what that valley is? That's the church of you and I are in this valley. Ali's the Old Testament prophet. Let me show you something. Oh my, I'm looking forward. And I see him coming back to get his bride. There I am. I'm looking forward. I see him coming on a white horse. And all the armies of heaven coming back with him. I'm looking forward. I see all the things that are coming. The tribulation when he reclaims the Jews and calls them back into himself. I see the millennial reign when we're ruled and reign with him for a thousand years. I see all this coming forward. But in the church age, the dispensation of grace, I also have the ability to look back. Yeah. Yeah. That right? I see him bleeding and dying. Yeah. I see his virgin birth. I realize, Michelle, the reed God hit me. The reason that he did not set up his kingdom then was because his church age uh, so that I could be saved and you could be saved. Uh, that's the reason there's a gap. Uh, but the Old Testament prophets could not see that. You read through Ephesians, y'all sit down, thank you. You read through Ephesians and Paul's epistles, he talks a lot about the mystery. That's what it is. The Old Testament saints never believed. 
Remember over there in Judges, uh, Samuel, or not Samuel, uh, not Solomon, what about Samson? That's what I'm trying to say. Samson, just time and time again, the Bible said, and the Spirit of the Lord, what? Came upon him. Was that designated? There were times it was on it, times it was. Is that right? Can you imagine, the way imagination, can you imagine her? By the time Samson rose up, five times up time before, and wish not the Spirit of the Lord departed from you. Can you imagine Earl man to go back to that moment and stand beside him and look at him and say, I've not killed thousands of this city with the old ass. I've not carried the next city on my back. But can you imagine looking at him and saying, But the Spirit of the Lord does not come upon me. It embroils me. Yeah. And it never, ever fails. Samson thought you'd done lost your mind. Yeah. That was a mystery. And it said that. Can you imagine saying, I don't go to a temple every day. I don't offer a sacrifice to a high priest. Jesus died for me. And now, oh my, now I've been forgiven. I've been pardoned. It's as if I never sinned. My sins are gone. They don't understand that. Can you imagine explaining to them that you've been baptized into the very body of Christ? That's a mystery. The Old Testament saints knew nothing of the church age. God, wait, God hit me. God waited till He called out the Apostle Paul and and revealed it unto Him, and He pinned it under inspiration of the Holy Ghost to reveal to us the mysteries that had been hidden since the foundations of time. The Old Testament saints didn't see that. They didn't see that church age. So you have to be careful studying prophecy because Earl, they're very likely. To go from the first cup to the second cup, back to the first cup. You've got to understand, they didn't see the church yet. They're not putting it in order just like we did because they didn't have the whole picture. All right? So you've got to be careful looking at it from the prophet's standpoint to realize that they didn't see the church yet. We've got to work that in there dispensationally. Um, da -da 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 -da. The, old, the prophet of the Old Testament didn't reveal the church age. All right, now let's talk about what you and I see. Quickly, what time is it? Um, today, you and I have a clear view. Now listen to this. This will help you if you'll get it. Somebody told me, said, Preacher, it prophecy is just too hard to understand. I want you to understand what I'm about to say. You and I today have a clear view of the prophetical timeline that Isaiah did when he penned it. Yeah. We have a clear view today the very ones God lets see it and pin it down. Because we see the whole picture. Alright? Um, we're living in the dispensation of grace, the church age. I thought you may go when we look back at the first spirit of Christ, we look forward to the second coming. Uh, we understand the church and dwelling of the spirit of the believer. Well, it's the work of Christ as our high priest, our advocate, and our mediator. Can you imagine telling the Old Testament saints, we don't have to go to the place. We don't go and uh, on the great day of atonement, Christ ever liveth, the Son of God Himself ever liveth to make intercession for us. What a blessing. We understand that tonight. All of this was a mystery to the Old Testament prophets. So when you think about prophecy, you've got to understand God sees it all. All right? The Old Testament prophets saw the mountain peaks. They saw the first coming, second coming. Didn't see the church age. So when we interpret it from their standpoint, God, we have to, we have to ourselves 
put things in the correct order and realize they didn't see it, so it may not flow in order. We'll talk about that in a minute. We have to make sure we include the church. Um, and then we have to understand that you and I have an opportunity tonight to see it better than the prophets did. All right. With that being said, let's look at some things to remember. I, I like probably get done. Let me give just a few minutes of some things to remember. Um, number one, a thing to remember, not only do we see it better from our standpoint, but you and I have a more sure word of prophecy. Second Peter chapter one, turn with me if you will. Second Peter chapter one and verse number fifteen, very familiar scripture. Second Peter chapter one and verse number fifteen. Peter said, Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my deceased to have these things always in remembrance. Now that's important. Peter's getting ready to die, and he says, Before I die, there's some things I want you to remember. Oh my. I say that in some ways, Peter's last words. He's saying, John, when I die, there's a few things I want you always to remember. I'd say that's pretty important, wouldn't you? Watch this. Verse 16, for we have not followed coming to devise fables. For what Peter said, remember it's real. When we made known unto you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter said, I want you to know. Remember some things when I'm gone? Peter said, we've not followed cutting fables. It's things where we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Watch verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. For there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Peter said, not only was I eyewitness of his majesty, but Peter said, I heard with my own ears God speak from heaven and say, Behold, my beloved son, your mind well pleased. Peter said, You're not convinced me this is a fable. You're not convinced me it's a fairy tale. I've seen it with my eyes and I've heard it with my ears. Isn't that right? Watch verse 18. This voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Ain't that a blessing? Now, Peter could have said, I'm getting ready to die, fellas. Remember, I'm the only one apart from the Lord ever walked on water. That's not what he said. He could have said, fellas, just remember, it's on Pentecost. I stood up and preached 3,000 souls got saved. That's not what he said. He said, I want you to remember this thing's real. I've seen it with my eyes, and I've heard it with my ears. When we were with him on the mount. And they're talking about the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. Peter said, Isaiah, I saw his face shine as a sign. I saw him transfigured before us. I heard God speak from heaven. I saw Moses and Elijah appear. That's a picture. Oh my! That's a picture uh, of the of the rapture of the church. By the way, one dead in Christ, and there, right, Moses died. God buried him. That right now, here he is on the mount with resurrected with the transfigured Lord, dead buried. Here he is again. That's a picture of those the dead in Christ rise first. But Elijah. He didn't die. Right. He was taken. Oh my, that's that for me. He didn't die. He was taken up. So he didn't die. Paul said, I'll show you a mystery, but we won't all sleep. Right. 
Oh my, that's your oh my, don't get my transfiguration really saying that. In fact, it's a picture of the millennial reign, what it really is. I have time with all this. I've got two minutes. I've got to quit. Uh, it's a picture of the millennial reign, what it really is. It's the rapture, the resurrected, and then it's those Jews, three Jews, with their Peter, James, and John with them. That souls that had been, uh, that, that was souls that had been uh, returned during the tribulation. Now, the resurrected Lord has the millennial kingdom. They'll all be there together with him. I got hurt. But anyway, that's what Peter's talking about. He said, I seen all this, heard it with my ears. Now watch this. I gotta give this and I heard it. Um, verse number, where am I at? Back verse 18, this voice which came from heaven, we heard him with him the whole mouth. What's verse 19? We also, we have also, watch this, a more sure word of prophecy. You know what Peter said? This thing's real. I seen it with my eyes, heard it with my ears, I was there. But then Peter said, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. That right? You know what Peter was saying? That's better than the eyewitness accounts. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, Ronald, that, that Bible, that more sure. That, uh, uh, that when that which is perfect is come, talking about scripture, we won't be having our hands sure. It's better than we've seen it with our own eyes. What Peter said. So we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He said, This is more true than that. It's better than that than if we heard him with our own ears. He said, It's more true than what he I got to hurry. I'm going to get bogged down right here. Where am to? You do well that you take heed. As in the light that shines in the dark place, till the day dawn, the day star rise in your heart. Oh my, I got to quit. I got to, I got to be hurry. Uh, no, this verse is no prophecy in Scripture for proper interpretation. For the prophecy came down old time of a little man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hurry. Uh, Peter reveals to us Scripture for more sure word prophecy than even the eyewitness account and a voice from heaven that he heard with his own ears. That's what you and I have tonight. You know why we trust prophecy, why we trust scripture? It's a more sure word of prophecy. All right. Let me give you this. What time is it? Uh, let me give you, let me give you, uh, how much have I got left? Oh, I've got quite a bit, actually. Let me give you one of these and I'll quit, okay? I don't have a more sure word of prophecy. But another thing to remember is this. In prophecy, a comma or a word may span the entire church age. Now, the prophets didn't see the church age, but God sees it all. Yeah. All right? So you and I, John, have got to find out where the church age is. Sometimes it's just a call. Because the word, you'll hear me, you don't know what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. Turn with me, if you will, the easiest one to show you. Turn with me to Isaiah 9 6. Isaiah 9.6 Isaiah chapter 9 verse number 6 familiar text Isaiah chapter 9 verse number 6 familiar scripture alright watch this for unto us child is born all right, when you reckon that is on the timeline. 
That's first coming, right? They won't. All right, so that's this mountain. All right? All right, let's go on. Unto us, child is born. Unto us, listen to this, a son is given. I call my Calvary. Right? God so loved the world that he what? Gave. So he's born on this mountain. Right? He dies on this mountain. He's born of a virgin, dies of Calvary. Okay? Go on. Unto us, child is born, unto us the son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Where's that? Right? That's what it comes back. To rule and reign for a thousand years. Look at what she has to The government, whole world government, shall be upon his shoulder. Now, this may not be much for you, but it excites me. Don't take both of them this morning. You and I would say, feels like I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. The Bible said, government shall be upon his shoulder. Why can't I bless you? Yeah. Now, what about the church age? Is that, do you see Isaiah didn't see it? In one verse, we went from birth, death, kingdom. Right? Yeah. Crib, when he was born. Yeah. Cross, when he died, crown, when he sets up his kingdom. What about the church? What's what the Bible says? Verse 6. Unto us, the child is born. Unto us, the son is given. And, that word and, spans 2,000 years, at least. That's church age. Yeah. Now, now listen, I'm not saying tonight, what I'm showing you is, I'm not saying that word and, I don't want you to think I'm saying that that word and uh, pictures the church. That's not what I mean. I'd say when you and I look at it, we realize between a son is given and the government step on his shoulder, that word and has to cover the entire church age. Is that right? Isaiah thought bam, bam, bam. But you and I know that and we're living in and this evening over 2,000 years. That makes it no less real that the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isn't that right? All right, let me show you one more. Let me show you one more before we're done in this. Come read, if you would, uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Verse number one. We, we talked about it a few minutes ago. Perhaps in verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to good tidings unto me. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, right? And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Now, let me show you what happens there. Verse 1 and part of verse 2 deal with his first coming. Here the Lord God's born because the Lord has only preached good times to me. That's what he did when he came. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, open prison in their bound. That's what he did. He came as a prophet. That's what he did. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that's what he did. All right? Comma. What do you do with a comma? You pause, right? So pause. Take a breath. So at this pause, everything changes. Watch it. I mean, literally, in verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Pause. Now watch how it picks up. And the day of entrance of God. The whole verse changes. You know why? You've skipped the whole dispensation. That right? He preached. He died. That entered the day of grace, the dispensation of grace. That's in that comma. He preached the acceptable year of the Lord. He opened up the prison of them that are bound. Uh, thank God he opened up our prison of sin. Thank God he proclaimed all these things. And then in that comma, that pause, that's where you and I are living. Dispensation of grace. Then when it picks back up, watch this. Uh, verse 2. And the day of vengeance of our God. That's when he comes back. That's when he judges the nations with a sword that proceeds out of his mouth. He rules and reigns with a rod of iron. That's when he comes back, Revelation 19. That comma represents in some ways the entire church age. The prophets didn't see it. And then another comma, the vengeance of God, comma, watch this, the comfort all that mourn. That's not talking about, uh, that's not talking about the Battle of Armageddon. That's from the millennial reign. Those Jews that made it through the tribulation for a thousand years will cover all that morning. Do you see how a comma can represent? You and I can see it. The Old Testament prophets couldn't, but you and I can see that comma could represent thousands of years. The right could represent a whole the entire church age. Nancy, I don't know how long that comma represents, not from perfect over, but that word in Isaiah 960. It represents, if it's another 2,000 years, it'll be 4,000 years, but it represents all the church age that comes from the prophets will see. All right. Um, tell you what to do. 805. Let's see what else I've got. There's anything I've got to tell you. I'd like to just quit and I can get prophecy next time. Um, let me go quick. I'm not, going to go through, I'm not going to go through these verses. The third thing I want to remember is this. Prophecy, not always written in consecutive order. And what I mean by that is, if you read a portion of prophecy, and then you read another portion of prophecy, but this one come after this one, that doesn't mean that's how it goes in the timeline. That makes sense. You could read something in the second coming first, and then the next verse will be about the first coming. That makes sense? Yeah. You exactly. I will quit. I'm not even reading the verses to you. Um, the first coming of Christ, you can find a verse referencing that in Zechariah 9 9. References the first coming of Christ. Let me, let me read it to you. Um, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh to thee. He is just and having salvation lowly, riding upon an ass and upon the colt, a colt, the foal of an ass. We know that's about the first coming. That's when he rode in on Palm Sunday. Isn't that right? That's when he came in right on the cold from the There's no doubt that's talking about the first coming. All right? Uh, Zechariah 8, 3 and 5, which is before that in the book of Zechariah, 
deals with the second coming. Uh, Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion. And will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, Jerusalem is convicted to call the city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of the host, the holy mountain. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for, for a very age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. That's talking about the millennial reign. All right? Zechariah 14, 4, much after that, deals with the second covenant, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. And the half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and the half toward the south. That happened in Zechariah 14. Um, Zechariah 14, 20 and 21. A few verses after that, the Bible said, In that day, and the Lord's house shall be like bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holders in the Lord of hosts. And all they that sacrifice shall be the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Uh, so it, it, it's not necessarily in order. So what you and I have to keep in mind is this. We've got to keep in mind what we see, what prophets saw, all that. Uh, then we have to understand we do have a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, but John, we've got to be able to have the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to take these things and put them in the order that they got. Because God didn't always show it to the prophets. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. It might be here, way over here, 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 here. I mean, you see what I'm saying? So we got to realize all that. We understand that. I know that sounds complicated. I know that sounds intense maybe. But when you understand that, and start putting a grasp on some things, locking some things in, there's a lot we know. All right? For example, you know why we know, what is it? There in Zechariah, what was the first verse I read? Whatever chapter it was, uh, we said we know that's the first chapter. Because he come riding on an ass and on the colt, a colt, the foal of an ass. Is that right? We know that happened at his first coming. When he comes to the second coming, he's not riding on the colt. that right? He's riding on a stallion, on a white horse. So we know where that goes. And then as we see those things, we start placing it where it goes. We take all of Scripture. Remember, the old prophecy of Scripture being prized with faith. We start taking this, all these pieces and putting them together and we get a beautiful, beautiful picture. Oh my. We take what the prophets saw and what we see and we put them together. We start seeing what God can see. Now, I'm not saying we'll see it all. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying we start to see a picture, a timeline of the events of that place. All right, let's quit. Your brother Kenny, if